Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I'm your host, Gary Cacciolillo. And before we get started, I want to thank everybody for listening and also thank the contributor to my show, who are Candace Sanderson, author of The Reluctant Messenger, and Joseph Sinkovic, author of How to Kiss the Universe, Mizaida, author, psychic, spellcaster, root worker, and witch. And you will find her at MsAida.com, M-I-S-S-A-I-D-A.com. And this episode is being sponsored by Ginger Glasser. And you can find Ginger at TarotByGinger.com. She is a tarot reader, evidential medium, and healer. And again, that is at TarotByGinger.com. And now, without further ado, our guest for today is Thomas Palladino, and we are here to talk about scalar light. Thank you for coming on today. Thank you so much for the invitation. Great to be here, sir. Yeah, this is a good topic, man. You know, um, so yeah, give it. We'll start out with a little bit of history of what scalar light is and where it came from. It's as old as the sun and the stars. What am I speaking of? Scalar light. It's the light of the cosmos. It originates from the sun and the stars. Now, we're not going to speak about electricity. It's a different form of energy. A lot of people call scalar light um, synonymous terms such as torsion energy or zero-point energy or a consciousness, universal consciousness. Some people call it ether energy or pyramid energy. I work with scalar energy instruments. And that makes all the difference. These are not electrical instruments. Mm-hmm. I have an engineering staff, and we've engineered scalar energy instruments. So you put that into consideration. This is a it's a new branch of physics, Gary. It's a new branch mm-hmm. of physics that we're entering into. Wow. So is this, how is this different to something like solar energy, or is it different than um, atomic energy? let's say we have solar panels on our home or our office. That's great. And we receive two forms of energy on those solar panels, electromagnetic energy and scalar energy. But sadly today, we're only able to convert into electromagnetic energy. We haven't figured out how to convert into scalar energy. So both electromagnetic energy and scalar energy coexist side by side in the universe, so to speak. But we, as a, as a scientific community, we're only concentrating on electromagnetic energy for the most part. Nikola Tesla, the great scientist, realized that there were two energies. Mm-hmm. I can prove that because early in his life, he was enthralled with AC electricity. Later in his life, he worked with what he called radiant energy, which was wireless energy, right. free energy from the sun and the stars. So Tesla transitioned from electromagnetic energy, AC electricity, to radiant energy. Hmm. So if this energy comes from light, one of the first things that comes to my mind is one of these, I do a lot of these interviews, and one of the things that people will say is that everything is light. Like, a matter is light. So can this energy be present just from simple matter, or does it have to come from the star or some outside source? I, I believe the points of origin are the sun and the stars, but what I recognize with scalar energy, it fills the universe. Mm-hmm. There is no time travel associated with it. It's instantaneous communication. It's into instantaneous omnipresence, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So if the top speed of electromagnetic energy is 186,000 miles per second, What scalar energy is, is what I call the blanket of the universe. It blankets the universe instantaneously. And if you consider that now, this this energy transcends time and space. We're no longer bound by time and space. Wow. So so this has to be do with a quantum entanglement? Yes, exactly. It is quantum entanglement. And in order to have quantum entanglement, in which two objects can communicate with one another instantaneously, or you you see that the universe is concatenated. There's a string theory that supports Mm -hmm. that, quantum entanglement. That cannot be electricity. If electricity, electromagnetic 
energy at the top speed is 186,000 miles per second, you're not going to make it across the universe at 186,000 miles per second. That's just way too slow. So this is quantum entanglement. Quantum entanglement is a real theory. It's true. It's accurate in, in, its, in its broad definition. Right. And what supports quantum entanglement is another dimension. Mm-hmm. Electromagnetic energy does not support that model. That model falls apart. The only model that supports quantum entanglement is quantum energy, mm-hmm. scalar energy. Fascinating. So if, if scalar energy is its own energy, and that explains quantum entanglement, does consciousness fall into this anywhere? Precisely. That's what scalar energy is. It's consciousness. It's non-physical. Now, it has to be. Because if you want to transcend time and space, you cannot be bound by any physicality. This is spirit energy, consciousness. Some people call that the Holy Spirit. Some people call that Christ consciousness. Others might call that um, the life force energy. So when we're speaking about scalar light, scalar energy, it's non-physical. It's it's spirit. Transcends time and space. Yes, it's in intelligence, universal consciousness, universal intelligence. It's certainly not electricity. And uh, all of those uh, characteristics support quantum entanglement. All of those, those characteristics support string theory, or, or again, the broad definition of a string theory. So how did you come up with instruments that can measure consciousness? How do you do exactly. that? Exactly. <laughs> that, that's the... That's the key. That's when you can hit the ball out of the out of the ballpark, Gary. Right. Now, I studied Tesla in theory, and then I studied Nikola uh, and Tesla, and he transitioned into Galen Hieronymus. Now, Tesla was the first man to control scalar energy, and then later, an American inventor, Galen Hieronymus, developed scalar energy instruments. I never met Hieronymus, but I met his family. In the 90s, they had a uh, laboratory in the state of Georgia. I visited their laboratory, and I was able to purchase scalar energy instruments, which are consciousness instruments. Hmm. And that was my uh, footing. That was my head start with scalar energy research. I didn't have to develop this from from scratch, so to speak. Interesting. Uh, yeah, it, it was. It's a fascinating uh, timeline that I've enjoyed. It's you know, it's God's providence, and I, I will say without equivocation that these instruments, these hieronymous instruments, they work. And we've with an engineering staff now. I I've, I've uh, increased the power output. So scalar energy is very real. By the way, Doctor Hieronymus uh, during his day had three patents on a scalar energy instrument: hmm. a U.S., Canadian, and a British patent. Wow. I've never actually heard about him. This is the first time of me hearing about yeah. this. Yeah. You know why, Gary, you've never heard about him? Why? Because it's suppressed. This is free energy. If this energy is from the sun and the stars, this this is being suppressed. Hmm. Now, Hieronymus in his day back in the 50s and 60s and 70s was working with the United States government. He worked with government agencies. They knew very well what he was doing. And again, he received a U.S. patent for his work. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't we continue with these free energy instruments? Yeah, why not? He had it. He, he was awarded a U.S. patent. You can't go back on that. You can't contradict yourself. Why isn't the United States government working with these free energy instruments that they patented? Right. If we had that, if we have that, when you think that would make us like the most powerful or country in, in the world, because we have those patents and can manufacture these products and change the entire world. Exactly. That's the trajectory that I'm on. I'm continuing on with the work of Galen Hieronymus. I have free energy devices. Wow. Now, I, I only use this immediately with with the realm of quantum health, mm-hmm. working with people and animals, sometimes plants. But nonetheless, they're free energy devices, and I can work with anybody in, in the world or any animal or plant 
by way of their photograph with a scalar energy instrument. So I have free energy from the sun and the stars, and I can redirect that energy. I can transmit that energy to any person, animal, or plant in the world without an infrastructure through these instruments. Wow, so you've sort of tapped into the psychic realm with this device then, yeah. right? You're, you're tapping into yes. where people are using things like telepathy and remote viewing and things like yes. that, the things that go outside of time and space. Yes, and there's a science behind that. I am the realm of telepathy, of prophecy, of what some people might call clairvoyance. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I transcend time and space. So if I have an information system, a scalar energy information system, I can access information, past events, current events, and future events. I have a, a superior information system. I have a, a, a quantum entanglement instrument. I have a consciousness instrument. Wow. So, so what is this thing, like, like, what is it exactly? Like, is it made out of tubes and transistors and capacitors or computer chips? Like, yeah, uh, it, the instrument has, um, it works with a, a series of vacuum tubes. Mm-hmm. There is a capacitor. And the, the key element here is this instrument, I start with a, a very minute AC current, and I'm able to if you will, transfer or convert the AC current into a scalar wave. And in so doing, then that scalar wave can magnify exponentially. And I could work with this instrument and I could work with 5 million, 10 million people a day by way of their photograph. Hmm. So these are custom built instruments that I'm working with. And they're modeled after the work of Dr. Hieronymus the great inventor, and uh, I'm trying to resurrect his work. Now, you think with all of these benefits, Gary, that the world would be doing backflips over this. They, yeah. they would say, well, this this is it. Let's just expand this research. That's not the case. People don't understand, or there is an act of suppression against my work. Right. Uh, I'm sure it's an act of suppression because free energy or I don't know. I mean, it sounds like this thing could even be used for time travel. Yes. That, that could change our present moment. Yeah. Well, there, there have been incredible scientists who've, who've used scalar energy instruments. Tesla was one and a uh, Tesla in 1899 erected a scalar energy tower mm-hmm. in Colorado Springs. Yeah. If you, if you look closely at this tower, there's no electrical wires leading into the tower. The tower is, is, is built on, on the edge of town in Colorado Springs, you know, at the elevation of 6,000 feet. He did that because he wanted to be close to the ionosphere. He wanted to be out in the country. Tesla was able to produce artificial lightning bolts from that tower. It was a free energy tower. Tesla was shown that Tesla could illuminate light bulbs that were planted in the ground in the vicinity of that tower. Yeah. So these are all experiments that Tesla proved, and and, uh, he was able to establish that that tower was a free energy tower. The reason why there are no electrical wires leading into the tower, the power came from the sun and the stars, not from a power plant. That was a wireless power plant. Hmm. And we should have listened to Nikola Tesla back in 1899. Right. Most people to this day have no idea that Tesla in 1899 solved the world's energy crisis. <laughs> it's true. A lot of people don't know. Is this, I remember reading something about something, I don't know if I have it right, but I think it was called like Oregon or something like that, which was another type of free energy. Yeah. Is this the same thing or similar? It's identical. It's a, just another name. Oregon, chi, consciousness, scalar energy, torsion energy, longitudinal waves. All of those describe the other energy. You know, sadly, academia today is just is focus, it has a laser focus on electromagnetic energy, which is great. But the greater potential is scalar energy. And I I hope academia will someday wake up 
wake up and realize that there's two energies. Well, makes sense anyway because everything sort of has an opposite or or we live in a, in, a, in a reality or dimension where polarity is one of the definite laws anyway. So if you have this one energy, obviously you're going to have the other, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, look at the sun and the stars. And I ask people this all the time. Why don't the sun and the stars burn out? Why, you know, I don't know. Some people say they've been there for billions of years. I said, okay, if you had a fireplace, wouldn't your fireplace burn out yeah. after a billion years? Why isn't that, you know, or any model, and look at any physical model where you have fire, heat, light. I don't care if it's a light bulb, a fireplace. I, I, I don't care what model you have. Sooner or later, entropy, when the signal weakens, over, over distance, some people say the inverse square law takes, takes effect. Because they're subject to time. Yes. Well, well, after a billion years, why didn't the stars burn out? Well, I don't Maybe think they're the not subject to time. Yes, correct. And it's scalar energy that powers them. Now, what's my point? Scalar energy is eternal. There is no entropy. At the center of a star is a perfect environment. So it's scalar energy. When scalar energy leaves the star, it degrades into electromagnetic energy. So if you want to look at the perfect universe, look at a star. Inside a star, that's scalar energy. There's no electricity inside a star. So can this scalar energy be stored, used, and distributed the same way we do with electromagnetic energy? Yes. Yes. In a much safer capacity. And you, you really you don't have to store this. You know, you don't need you don't need a a storage facility for this. No more, no more batteries. It's, no, it's super abundant. Very good. You don't need any any uranium rods in a in a nuclear power plant. You don't need batteries. You you, you know, <clears throat> we have the strategic oil reserve, which is so archaic. By the way, Tesla created a scalar energy car. He was running his car off of star power. Hmm. He's not using a combustion engine. So to answer your question, I digress. To answer your question, if something is infinite in supply, it's foolish to have a storage capacity. That makes sense. Yeah. You know, it's you just, don't need you know, it. once, yeah, once we realize this, it's like, well, you're never going to run out of stars. Hmm. Now, the audience is now starting to scratch their head and say, well, this is plausible. This, this seems to be a logical conversation that Gary and Tom are having. So what are we going to do about this? Why, why aren't we using this Tesla energy? Well, I'm trying to, and I've succeeded. You know, I, I've not been able to power a home, but I can send quantum healing to people and animals on a minor scale. If I can amplify my signal, then not only can I send quantum healing to people, animals, and plants, I will be able to illuminate a factory, a home, a church, a stadium. That's magnificent. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a process, and uh, you know I'm trying to, in many ways, retrace the footsteps of Nikola Tesla. Uh, Tesla was was the master. He, he understood this. He had this God-given ability to harness scalar energy. And he was on the verge of giving us the world free energy. We would have solved our energy problem. But the cabal stood in his way because it, <clears throat> once you have free energy, the monopolies start to collapse. The monopolies start to collapse. This could save the planet from its own... Demise, yes. especially where it's at right now with climate change. Yes. yes. Scalar energy does not pollute. It's free energy from the sun and the stars. Hence, in application, it's relatively inexpensive. So if, if we want free or relatively inexpensive energy from the sun and the stars that does not pollute, has no carbon footprint, there's no chemical discharge, etc., why aren't we using scalar energy? Why aren't we... 
Why aren't we going about this in a very scientific fashion to retrace the footsteps of Nikola Tesla? Mm. Well, because there's no money in, well, there's a, it's a new economic paradigm. Let me put it that way. It, you'd have to rewrite the, uh, the business model for many corporations and, and many governments. And, and uh, corporations and government are unwilling to rewrite their, their uh, economic model. Their, their power structure would, would change. And in many ways, the, the monopolies, once again, would be made obsolete. But this could be beneficial to them also if they wanted to use it for space travel, let's say. Yeah, yeah. Because then that gives us access to unlimited resources. Of course. Now, what I've, what I've discovered with my energy, scalar energy allows me to take elements of the periodic table and rearrange, if you will, those elements into larger molecules. So not only is this free energy, with scalar energy, we can manipulate matter. Mm -hmm. We can take atoms, we can take elements, and rearrange those into vitamins and minerals. I do that with my instrument. I'm actually able to take a photographs of, of vitamins. Let's say I had a photograph of vitamin B6. Right. If I placed a photograph of vitamin B6 inside my instrument, it's a consciousness instrument now. The instruments would look at the consciousness or the intelligence of vitamin B6 and then recreate v B6 in a person in their quantum field. So it's not a chemical reaction. It's a spiritual movement. It's an informational system. And I can reproduce the information of a photograph into a person's quantum field by way of quantum entanglement. There's no distance. So if I take my photograph and place it inside an instrument, a scalar energy instrument, and I place my photograph side by side a photograph mm -hmm. of vitamin B6, pyridoxine, the information would share between the two quantum fields. It's quantum wow. entanglement. Okay. And it's not a chemical process. It's a quantum process of sharing of information. So we are beyond the chemical stage. We, we've transcended the physical stage. This is a spiritual, this is a non-physical application. But it does indeed improve the health of people. So I, I'm not a medical professional. I'm a quantum professional. I work in this quantum field, which transcends the physical plane. Wow, that's incredible. Uh, that can be happening. So, you know, when I'm thinking about this and the whole beyond space and time and the transferring of the way, the way you're talking about, you know, transferring the, like the vitamin to the human. Yes. To me, it also sounds a little bit like a holographic universe theory where you're using this quantum field to reprogram yes. what that human is. I, am I thinking along exactly. the right line there? The Yes. Exactly. That's brilliant. The universe is holographic. And in order to have quantum entanglement, you have to have a holographic universe. You see, the electromagnetic theory is point A and point B. That's not holographic. Mm -hmm. okay, there's no immediate connection between point A and point B. If you're, if you're in, on the west coast of the United States and, and I'm on the east coast of the United States, we're separated by distance by way of electromagnetic energy. But in a quantum field, the West Coast and the East Coast are connected. Right. There is no distance. Yeah. Now, when I work with my photograph inside an instrument, it's a quantum instrument. There is no distance between the photograph and me. My photograph is my body double, my quantum double. And whatever my constitution reports, my photograph will report simultaneously and i am quantum entangled with my photograph not in the electromagnetic spectrum in the holographic spectrum of scalar energy now if my instrument works through a photograph that proves that the universe is holographic if i can make a, a holographic connection between myself and and the photograph mm -hmm. 
It's a holographic connection. It's not a physical connection. That proves the holographic dimension, the non-physical dimension of quantum entanglement, of quantum physics. Yeah. <clears throat> Can this so, device, like, like we've, we're talking about sending the energy, can it diagnose health issues? Yeah. Um, it can, but it's it's subjective because I mm -hmm. haven't figured out a way. I don't understand how to measure the energy yet. How do you measure consciousness? I only can judge the before and after consequences. Mm. There's no meter. There's no gauge. I don't know how to measure scalar energy. It's infinite. There's no basic unit here. That's the problem. Mm. So, so yeah, we can't measure like electromagnetic energy with like Ohm's law. Right, right. If something's infinite, how do you measure it? I don't know. That's a good question. How do we you measure it? You don't. No, you know, I'll, cut, I'll cut to the chase. You don't. We'll never be able, there's no basic unit for a scalar energy. And with that in mind, you cannot find a basic unit to measure by. Now, you can judge the before and after consequences. For instance, this is a, I, if I work with the Epstein-Barr virus, mm -hmm. what I'm showing is a photograph to the audience. I'm showing a photograph of Epstein-Barr. That virus, if, if it infects a person, it causes many problems. And many people in the world have the Epstein-Barr virus. If I were to place a photograph of the Epstein-Barr virus inside my instrument, side by side my photograph, the two quantum fields, the two energy fields communicate. Again, this is not a biological process. It's a new science in which information fields communicate. Mm -hmm. And the information of Epstein-Barr enters into my information field. It has nothing to do with electromagnetic energy. This is not Newtonian physics. So the new physics, as you put it so adroitly, is a holographic physics in which the energy, the force field of Epstein-Barr looks for the force field of Epstein-Barr in my photograph. Mm -hmm. If I have Epstein-Barr in my quantum field, the instrument will seek it out and destroy it, negate it. So you're going to obliterate, you're going to negate the intelligence, the molecular bonds of the Epstein-Barr virus. And you do that through this holographic process in the non-physical realm by way of a scalar energy instrument. You cannot achieve that with an electromagnetic instrument. Mm -hmm. So could this give us immortality? I mean, can we stop the <clears throat> breakdown of breakdown at the cellular level and live right. forever? Yeah. Now, to extend this conversation, if we perfect these instruments and we have a perfect scalar energy force field, you'll never age. There'll be no entropy. Right, Gary? Mm -hmm. Now, going back to my model of the sun and the stars, if there's no electricity in the sun and the stars, then, then what is there? It's scalar energy. And if there's scalar energy inside our sun and the stars, you cannot age in a scalar energy environment. Hmm. It's perfect energy. It's perfect intelligence. You cannot die in a scalar energy, a perfect scalar energy environment. So if you want to live forever, go to the center of the sun in our solar system and live in the center of our sun in the solar system, and you will have eternal life. Have you, I mean, what's one of the things, too, that um, Van Tassel was also working on? Have you ever heard of him? No, I haven't. Yeah, he built this thing called the Immortality Machine. And... Um, He's supposed to heal and do things, but he never had a chance to finish it because he died before the completion of the project. Yeah. I'll look into that. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, how about, I mean, if we can live forever, you know, we should be using this. I mean, it's interesting that, or at least to the, the, have the free energy. The other thing I was thinking about too was one of the things that, that, you know, a lot of people when free energy comes up, at least among the circles that I interview, is the, um, is element 115. Like, does your device require any type of super heavy element to 
to work? No, it doesn't. No, no. It's it's uh, all everything I have is a custom built instrument. Without you know, I I don't have to have a rare earth metal to have this instrument operate. Now, to answer your question, it's the key is to to create a scalar wave. That's the key with these instruments. Hmm. You know, I'm not working with electromag AC electricity. The key is scalar energy, which is a double helix. Mm-hmm. One of the other things that sometimes comes up as um, the opposite of being electromagnetic energy is the idea of dark matter. Define that. I don't know how to define it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, keep know. in mind what I said earlier. And some scalar of these are terms. Non- scalar energy is non-physical. Mm-hmm. So it's non-matter. So it could be antimatter. Cor- correct. It could be antimatter. Now, this, you know, we have to revisit these terms and define them. Mm-hmm. So what I've discovered with scalar energy, there's there's no physical component to a scalar wave. Consider electricity is some type of movement of elect- electrons. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's no electrons in scalar energy. There's no protons. It's everything's non-physical. It's non-physical. Now, is that antimatter? I guess it could be. Is that anti-physical? I guess it could be. So maybe the, you know we have to again define our terms and what are we looking at? Mm-hmm. If the electromagnetic energy is dependent upon some type of physical form, scalar energy is dependent upon non-physical forms, which is intelligence. Yeah. Various various types of intelligence, really an infinite harmonic of intelligence, of, of instructions. So we're transcending this physical plane. When I am in my laboratory, I, I don't worry about physical reality. I'm outside of physical reality. I'm in the non-physical reality of quantum entanglement or the holographic universe that you put so uh, appropriately. Wow. Um. So where are you going to go with this technology? Like, like, are you go- do you have any plans on bringing it, like, writing academic papers and bringing it to world academia? Are you, um, you know, yeah. patenting it? What, what's going I'm, to go I'm on? I'm going to make this? this very simple. It's only a grassroots movement. Mm-hmm. I presented this high and low across the world and to the four corners of the world, and only people grasp this and only people want to help me to be quite candid with you mm-hmm. it's a grassroots movement big business doesn't like this because it's a threat to their money governments don't like this because it's a threat to their money and power so <clears throat> I, I'm not naive I've been I've had a public website now for 12 years and after 12 years it's you know you, mm-hmm. the world has had plenty of time to recognize my work and uh, I would say there's an act of suppression now starting against my work from the, let's call it the military-industrial complex. Right. In other words, and, and we're not naive. I'm not being condescending by these remarks. There are some people out there who do not want the world to benefit. There are some people, there are, there are some individuals out there or a collection of individuals who'd rather keep their money in power. But what's happening with them, though, is eventually they're going to end up kind of like eating themselves. They don't realize that. That's how stupid they are. But you're right. I mean, that, that, that's the only possible outcome for that. Right. I don't. No, you're, I never understood right. it, that logic. It's not self-sustaining. No. You know, it, let's face it. If it's dog-eat-dog, sooner or later, the only dog that's left is... Is, is the meanest dog. And, and what do you have? You have a world that's been destroyed. Yeah. You, know, you, you see this playing out in politics today. You, you cannot, I call it fighting. Let, let's just mm-hmm. call it what it is, fighting. You can have fighting between nations, fighting between families. You can have fighting between corporations. You continue to fight. You're going to have nothing but, but pure hell on earth. Mm. You know, I, I say this so many times. Yeah, I look through the annals of history and I say that the biggest impediment to mankind was mankind. Yeah. You know, the, the greatest enemy of mankind is 
mankind, specifically in the art of war, in the art of fighting. The more you fight, mm -hmm. you, you just don't make progress. No, you don't make progress. You People you just make progress. money. That's why I'll never support any war or take any side because the only, nobody ever wins these wars except for the people that make the weapons. Yeah, I think uh, many people have come to realize that many wars are the invention of the cabal, the Illuminati, and, and these wars are far-reaching, and it's done to control resources, and it's done to control the people. And, you know, the, the war is a great way to make money and to amass land or control over people. Mm -hmm. you know, when, when you're speaking about the cabal, they're not worried about a million dollars. They want to control a country. You know, to, to this day, the cabal controls Russia. You know, it's this is just their extension of their communist state. And so what Putin is doing presently, well, he's just carrying out the orders of Illuminism. That's all. Mm -hmm. This this is, if you really study this and, and you see there's a common thread here, and it all it all goes back to this group of international bankers who would do nothing they could care less. They, they, they will do nothing except enrich themselves. Hmm. But your um, free energy could change all that. It could change the world. It could bring us to a utopian society. Yes. And that's what I envision. So we're, we're going to sidestep the, all of this evil, and we're going to come in with this great technology. Free energy means you don't go to war over oil anymore. Free energy means you don't go to war over any resource. Okay, Free energy will change this Illuminati system. That's what we need to do. Yes, right. That's do. definitely what we need to do. Um, can you give me some examples of some of the things that you've accomplished with this free energy in the healing? Yeah. <clears throat> I, we've been working with a clinic in Delhi, India. The name is Om Prakash. Om Prakash. Mm -hmm. We've worked with over 5,000 people in Delhi, India, who at one time were HIV positive. So people from this clinic, Om Prakash, email photographs to me. Mm -hmm. In sewing, I work with their photograph. I can identify the HIV virus in their quantum field and eradicate it. Now, keep in mind, I, I live in the United States. I've never been to India. But in a holographic universe, a person's photograph will represent their current state of being. I can pinpoint, my instrument can find the HIV virus on a person's photograph in their quantum field. And on account of quantum entanglement, we can disassemble the HIV virus in the quantum field. Mm. Now, after working with these people in Delhi, India, nobody has a viral load for HIV. Wow. We've worked with over 5,000 people at the clinic Om Prakash in Delhi, India. Everybody's healthy. Nobody has a viral load after we've worked with them. Now, if if I cannot convince the world that 5,000 people feel better after a scalar energy session, and that 5,000 people from one clinic claim, it's not my claim, claim that they no longer have HIV, no longer have a viral load, I should say. And that's the proof. And so that's the best I'm going to do. Hmm. So... Have you ever approached any pharmaceutical companies with this technology? No. No, they're <laughs> intimidated by this. No. You know, I, I'm not trying to be dismissive. Right? You know, I pre you have to ask the question. You're the host. I get that. Um, <clears throat> let's, let's face it. Once the pharmaceutical companies realize what I have and how this will impact their sales, billions of dollars of pharmaceutical sales will be impacted. Um, I would I would conjecture I won't I won't be their friend. They won't consider me. A, <laughs> they won't consider me a a colleague. Uh, no. I won't be invited to their country club. That's what that's my prediction, Jerry. 
That would be my prediction too. I don't, yeah. you know, they're, they're in the business of making people sick and then giving people a way to not even cure the sickness, just to live with it. You know, it's a, it's a sad thing today. We don't solve problems. This is also Hegelian. It's just problem after problem. There's no absolute truth. There's no absolute solution. It's just a, a never-ending cascade of mm-hmm. problems. That's that's the definition of, of insanity, Gary. That's, that's you know, why even make an, an, an effort? Why, if, if you can't solve a problem, it's it's futile. What are you doing? Mm. And uh, sadly, the, the the world in many ways is following that Hegelian model. So do you only have one of these devices? Or are you starting to produce them and distribute I, them? I have many devices, but I won't distribute them because <clears throat> I don't want people to use them in, in an irresponsible fashion. Uh-oh. So, so this could my, be used for destruction also? Yes. Correct. Yes. And I, I have to guard the technology right now. My predecessor, Hieronymus, um, I almost had to force things out of them, the Hieronymus family, to tell me what they were doing. You know, they don't put this in print, but it's it's just incredible. Hieronymus at one time was able to create a scalar energy uh, instrument that would levitate. Mm-hmm. The problem was it was so strong <clears throat> that close to that force field, you, you could have entered into a different time dimension. Mm-hmm. And uh, he didn't. He was not able to control that instrument. And hence, if you cannot control an anti-gravity instrument, you could enter into another time dimension. Mm. So I'm going to go off of the path a little bit and see what you think. Do you think that this technology existed in our ancient past? Do you think this technology was used for the pyramids and the obelisks and the orbs and all the things that are out there that we look at and we're like, oh, we don't know what this is? No. Many uh, pyramids and obelisks, by the way, are passive collectors, capacitors of scalar energy. Um, I look at the pyramids, and every time I, especially the pyramids and Cheops and and throughout, even in Teotihuacan, um, Mexico, you look at these pyramids, these are gigantic building projects. And some of the stones are, are in excess of 100 tons. How mm-hmm. could you transport that? You would have to have an anti-gravity instrument. Many of the archaeological sites today show these massive stones. And there were no cranes back then. And even today, there's no crane that can lift 100 tons or 200 tons. So uh, let's just say our anti-gravity has been used in the past. And uh, sadly, we have to revisit now how to use anti-gravity, how to overcome anti-gravity. Hmm. Why do you think we stopped using it? What happened, do you think? Do you, do you believe, like, say, for example, I think most of my guests would say that we had this technology and then somehow they used it as weapons with Atlantis and Lemuria, wiped everything out. And at some point they said, no, we were not ready for this. And they suppressed it. Yeah, it, it has been suppressed. It's been suppressed for the past 100 years. And, you know, to what extent has this been suppressed over the past 5,000 years? I don't have a record of that. I do have a record of how Nikola Tesla was derided. Mm-hmm. And- and 100, 125 years ago, his, his work was suppressed. So what's the point here? If, if this is, offers such great benefit to mankind and new energy, so to speak, free energy, why aren't we using this? Well, there, there is a concerted effort. It's, it's rather, it's covert, but, but nonetheless, there's a concerted effort not for people not to realize that this exists. This is why academia does not teach scalar energy it's free energy and this this suppression has been going on now for hundreds of years and and to the extension of millennia so where am i going with this we have to start educating people there are two energies Hmm. and this this scalar energy paradigm scalar light offers the world incredible benefits if we just pay attention 
look at Tesla, look what Tesla achieved. And now we just have to be open to this. Mm. But you're not going to get it from academia. You're not going to get it from big business or government or think tanks. They're, they're controlled directly or indirectly by the Illuminati. Right. Do you think that the government's using this without the with you know behind the knowledge of the public for things like a secret space program? I think if um, well, let me set the stage. Apparently, the day that Nikola Tesla died, the United States government went in and stole yeah. all of his notes and all of his equipment, stole everything. Now, if if Tesla had in those notes anti gravity instructions, then then the U.S. government is possession of the notes to create an anti-gravity instrument. And you have to ask yourself, well, why would the United States government steal all of Tesla's work the day that he died? Mm-hmm. Well, that's something that's something of merit. You know, he had something that was considered to be very important, at least in the importance of national security or the advancement of the United States or the suppression of his work. And all, all of this is just, you know, this, there's something rotten in Denmark, and, and this, uh, this has to be overcome. Mm-hmm. One of the interesting things, stories, too, behind Tesla that has come up in some of my interviews is that supposedly he had gotten the information to use this energy from telepathic communication <clears throat> with either extraterrestrials or multidimensional beings. Tesla... Of, of his own accord would mention he would lay awake at night. He could not sleep and he had flashes of light. That's the way he described it. Flashes of light, which I, I believe were scalar light illuminations. And I believe God was giving him wisdom. Many times Tesla would never have to invent, draw plans, experiment. He had this flash of light and he could create an instrument from scratch without drawing plans, once again, without experimenting. So this is a download of information. Mm-hmm. This is an afflatus. And those flashes of light from God were the real key to his genius. Now, if you mention that in academia today, they said, no, that's, you don't recognize that. Well, that's a shame because that's why Tesla is so great. And this is why Tesla can invent hundreds of instruments because he, he was not bound to the, to the level of trying to study and learn this on his own. When you have an afflatus, that, that removes years of study and years of experimentation. To understand something instantaneously, that's infused wisdom or infused knowledge here. I'd much rather have infused knowledge <laughs> than spend 20 years in a library. Yeah. Is any of now, your it, knowledge infused knowledge? Yes. Yeah? How, how, what was your experience? I, I received messages from Jesus in there. There was a time I, I was having a tough time uh, destroying viruses. And the Blessed Mother told me chapter and verse to create a copper pyramid. She gave me the angle. She gave me the dimensions. And she told me how to surmount that to the instrument. And the Blessed Virgin Mary told me that this copper pyramid would allow me to destroy viruses. And I followed her instructions to, to the T, and indeed, I can now destroy viruses. Wow. So, so this so there, is, there's this a is, higher realm here. There, yeah. there, this is the supernatural realm, and you don't learn this in the classroom. Because I've had guests on, too, where we've talked about, you know, you mentioned the pyramid, you know, like pyramid power, you know. So it's my journey has been I've been blessed. This is God's calling for me. I I, I hope this conversation will serve to, you know, emblazon our interest to to expand our horizons. Mm -hmm. Very real people. Everything I've said is is from my vantage point as a researcher is true and accurate because I've observed this. Mm. So how do you hyperbole? How do you get this out there? without it falling into the wrong hands. I mean, obviously, it probably already is in the wrong hands because of what happened with Tesla. People like you. You see, there's one thing that Tesla did not have, the Internet. That's true. It's not his fault. I have the Internet. And, you know, thank you for allowing me to speak to your audience. 
go visit my website, scalarlight.com. There's 4,000 testimonies. I have no influence over those testimonies. Is it real? Well, you judge. The the people at Om Prakash at the clinic in, in Delhi, India, everybody says that they no longer have a viral load. I don't know. Ask them. I've never been to Delhi, India. I have to rely upon testimony. See, there's no way to test this. You cannot perform a double blind experiment on a photograph. Right. Academia does not recognize this science. Hence, I have no peer. There are no peer reviewed papers. Nobody's duplicated my instruments. Nobody's duplicated my work. So I'm alone. I'm alone, completely alone in this new field. Hmm. So how, how, how does this benefit you? Like, what, 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 you know, how, how does this help you? Or is this just, just a, an active, I, altruistic? You know, for my entire life, it's been altruistic. I'll just be very candid. I hope I don't, I don't appear to be too smug here. But it's, it's, been, a, it's been a labor of love. Hmm. I have a website now. Um, you know, I, I, I charge a fee if people want to continue on with the services. But that's just just be self-sustaining Gary mm-hmm. this is going to take hundreds of millions of dollars you know, I, I just pay my bills with the website to be quite candid in order for this to become worldwide a worldwide healing ministry it'll take millions it'll take a lot of people to get involved mm. and I don't have that money uh, I'm just one person So, are we using this same energy when people pray yes Yes, that's another brilliant deduction. This is prayer. This is intuition. Many times people say, think positive thoughts. Your positive thoughts are positive scalar thoughts. Every time you think, it's a scalar wave. And you can put out there a, a beneficial scalar wave or a, or a deleterious scalar wave. Thinking, praying, is scalar, is, is scalar energy in motion. Mm. So prayer and thought is a function of scalar energy. It's consciousness. It's intelligence. So we have, have this a, device inside of us. Yes, we do. The mind and the heart. The brain and the heart are two scalar energy vessels. We have it. We have this gift. This is why it's so important to pray. They'll change. The world would change if people would pray. Yeah, because we're creating our own reality, which is another thing that quantum physics proves that that you know the, the observer is creating it. It's not creating us. Yes. And those who are tuned into that pray every day. I pray every day. Now I try and have positive thoughts. I have goals. You know, when you have goals, objectives, that's really a a scalar goal because you put that intention out there. Mm -hmm. And people who have a goal-oriented life, you know, good good for them. The, uh, The subtlety behind that is you set up this intention, this scalar wave, this consciousness. And that's one of the reasons why you can achieve your goal. That's always one of the things that I find really fascinating, you know, is that we all have the ability to do and have whatever we want in this life. But it is because of the programming, you know, from our culture, from our governments and religions, that, that, that block out our ability to do those things. Exactly. And this is why there's an act of suppression against prayer, religious observance, call it what you will, meditation. <clears throat> because the Illuminati doesn't want people to realize that there is a supernatural realm. And that we are made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. But the Bavarian Illuminati doesn't want people to realize that. Because then they lose their control over people. Well, eventually they're going to lose control over everything anyway, though. So I think at some point they might want to rethink their strategy. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're too myopic. You, you and I realize that. They'll never change. They're, they're uh-huh. dead set upon being evil. They're not very intelligent. Right. Let's just, you know, anybody to devise a system like that that's, um, that's so cannibalistic. And that's designed to fail. Mm-hmm. It's madness. But could it's you? Insanity. 
hypothetically say you knew who was behind this Bavarian Illuminati and you got their pictures, put them in your machine, could you eradicate their urge to control? No, we, you're right. We could in some, in some extent. We have a chakra balancing program in which we're able to balance the seven chakras of people. And uh, that balances their chakras, their brain waves. And many people come to their senses. What do I mean? Right. The chakra balancing serves to correct addictions. Addictions to drug, alcohol, mm-hmm. sex, pornography. The, the chakra balancing serves to correct um, depression, anxiety. So it, it has this, this, this psychosocial aspect to it. And, and yes, I, I think... All members, I think the Rothschilds, the Warburgs, and the, and the Rockefellers should sign up for my 15-day free session. <laughs> I think they chakras. should, too. They need their chakras balanced. Can we do that against their will? I don't do that. I don't do that. But it would save the world from them, right? Well, I don't know. If they need much more than that. They need deliverance. They're, they're dead set evil people. Wow. But... <clears throat> Okay, with that in mind, my website, scalarlight.com, anybody in the world can upload their photograph. Now, keep in mind, this mm-hmm. is not a physical process. It's a quantum process. I work with photographs only. So, scalarlight.com, visit the website. You can send us photographs of your pets, your, mm-hmm. if you will, if you want to. And uh, parents, you're, you're, you're the legal guardian of your children. You can send us photographs of your children. And then if there's other adults, get their permission or share with them the website. 15 days of free session for the world to prove it to yourself that this works. That's awesome that you're putting it out there free for the 15-day trial on scalarlate.com. That's great. And I'll definitely be putting that link in the notes of this episode so my listeners can go to your website and give it a try for themselves. To see if it's real. I mean, obviously, I, I mean, I believe, you know, you know, with Tesla created, I believe that the quantum field exists. I mean, science says it exists. You know, it's just a matter of, I think, us accepting it. You're right. We have to accept it. It's that simple. Wow. It's, it's very much a reality. Tesla was right. Hieronymus was right. I'm following in their footsteps. Yes, this is valid. Yes, this works. Wow. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. And I'm glad that you've created and figured out some of this technology for us to start utilizing. I'll be really happy when we don't have to have nuclear power plants and gas automobiles. (laughs) We're we're getting there. You know, it takes time, but with God's wisdom, uh, we're, we're going to get there. You're right. That is a huge, huge jump in human evolution. Yes, it is. It's, this is a sea change that the world is waiting for. This is the t- tilting point. This technology will change the world trajectory. It will change human history. You're absolutely right. And not to mention we can go back and even change it. We'll go forward and see what's up next and, and make more balanced decisions. Okay. But it's beyond that time and space. It's wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. So um, before we wrap it up, give out your, your, your website and your 15-day program uh, trial. Scalar, scalarlight.com, S-C-A-L-A-R, scalarlight.com. Visit the website. I've written 400 articles on my, my work. Um, and then sign up for the 15-day free trial. All we need is a bus shut, your facial photograph. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we, you don't, the age of the photograph doesn't matter. We transcend time and space with photographs, as you re- realize by now. So just send us a, your, your photographs and your family photographs. We'll balance your chakras, we'll eradicate germs, microbes, and we'll create nutrients for you. That's our program for 15 days. The greater majority of people say that they feel something, that they feel better. Mm. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you for taking the time to be on today. This is a fascinating interview. I love talking about this kind of stuff. Thank you, Gary. Enjoy myself. Thanks. So, um, yeah, hang on for one moment. We'll wrap it up. I'll play the outro. 
And again, I will put those links to your 15-day free trial in the notes to this episode. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable. You can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or message him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can buy t-shirts, coffee mugs, and other merchandise to support the cost of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of this page, www.everythingimaginable2020.com. You can also buy the book Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on Zen that you'll ever need. You can find it on Amazon and it will change your life. Because remember, everything that it says was first imagined. listen to today, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share. Again, thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable with Gary Cochulio.